you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. graciously accepted my invitation to come on a Sunday night. They have church tonight, and he has left his church in the very capable hands of his father who ministered here back in June, I believe it was, June or July, uh, on a Sunday night. You remember Brother St. Clair being here? Well, that is Elder Brother St. Clair, and tonight Brother Luke St. Clair is with us, with his family. We want them to take their liberty tonight. They are a singing, worshiping, preaching family. And uh, I don't know, maybe all three of the girls are going to preach. Then TJ wraps it up and Brother St. Clair give the altar call, however they choose to do it. Would you put your hands together and welcome Brother and Sister St. Clair. We love you. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Let's love the Lord together tonight. Could we do that? Great God, great God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Has God been good to you? If the Lord has been good to you, would you give him a 47th psalm right now? Clap your hands, oh you people. And shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. That's it, church. Put a shout with that clap. Put a shout with that clap. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the living God. Lord bless you. you. may be seated. I know you've been standing for a while. Amen. We are delighted to be here tonight on this Sunday night and extremely honored at the invitation to be here. Uh, I certainly would concur with Pastor that uh, we've lived long enough to, to say we're old friends. He's just quite a bit older. And... Uh, This church is so very blessed with the vision that God has placed here. And I cannot say enough about your pastor's family, the leadership of this church. Um, Pastor Danny and and Sister Cheryl, what incredible people they are, uh, part of this team. God himself has placed a growing, thriving church in Frankfort, Indiana. And aren't you glad to be a part of the church of the living God? Amen. Praise the Lord. I know that uh, through the years I've been blessed to connect with some of you, to know you in in passing, to know some of your families. Uh, Some of your families even go back with my family many years ago. We've kind of rubbed shoulders and connected, but it's been a long time since uh, I've been here. I think tonight uh, I was up in pastor's office trying to figure out. I think it's been about 15 years or so since I preached here last. 
been a long time. So there's a lot of people here um, that have no clue. I mean, you you may think tonight you've come to a goat roping. That's what I'm here. I just I'm gonna be like an auctioneer, and we're gonna have us a goat roping. But I'm gonna tell y'all something, and I mean this sincerely. If you get to know me, you'll find out I don't just say things like this. I believe I've heard from the Lord tonight. I believe I've heard from the Lord tonight. I believe the Lord's going to touch us and meet us in a special way here this evening. Um, I don't say this to, to sound uh, derogatory at all, but there are a lot of guys that they're able to just get in their notes and go back and find one of their top five favorites and go in somewhere and preach it everywhere they go. And um, I've never had that luxury. I wish I did. Sometimes it would be a blessing. Uh, what I'm going to preach to you tonight I've preached one other time in my life, and I feel like the Lord has been dealing with me from the time Pastor invited me to come. I felt this in my spirit. Um, if you saw my notes, you'd be embarrassed, because there's not much to it, but I feel like I have a word from the Lord tonight. There is a repositioning that's transpiring in the earth right now. A lot of people are distracted by some of the smoke screens that are, that are being thrown up. And um, they feel like perhaps if elections go one way or the other, then God's going to have his way. And if elections go one way or the other, then we're going to have revival. And if so-and-so's in the White House, we can. And if so-and-so is, then we can't. And it's just kind of the spirit, you know, of the age. Well, there's no way we can do it. Listen, I'm going to tell you all something tonight. God's going to have his way regardless. He's going to have his way. And the church of the living God, is it is a living, moving, breathing organism that cannot be shut down. You can even close the doors of a building for a few weeks. We found that out, but you can't shut the church of the living God down. And I have a feeling the next time they try to do something like that again, it's going to look a little different than it did the first time. Amen. We're going to have revival. We're going to see the kingdom of God. We're going to see his kingdom come and his will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Praise the Lord. I'm going to take you tonight to a very familiar Old Testament story. If you have ever heard Old Testament prophecy preached, you have probably heard this story. In Ezekiel, the 37th chapter, we call it the Valley of Dry Bones. Now, I want to tell you, your Bible is unique. Your Bible is very interesting. As a matter of fact, if anybody in our movement, if anybody in our organization got up at General Conference and started telling that they had a, a dream or a vision like Ezekiel did, we'd probably pull their license. Because this is too spooky, it's too supernatural, it's too far out there. But I'm going to tell you that God is restoring and reviving a hunger for the supernatural in this hour like the church has never seen. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. So we're going to go to one of them strange visions tonight. Uh, this, is, this is a vision that the Lord carries the prophet Ezekiel into a valley. And we're just going to work through this a little bit. Praise God. Um, I don't know what your normal custom is here, whether you stand or, or sit during the reading. I'm sure knowing your pastor, you all normally stand. But if you'll give me just a little bit of hermeneutical privilege tonight, I'm, I'm just going to kind of work my way through here and let you stay seated. Uh, I need a little bit of runway tonight. Brother Danny, I need a little runway before we take off. God's going to speak. I promise you, I'm not just here because I wanted somewhere to preach tonight. I believe I'm here by divine order. 
I believe that. Amen. Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. Caused me to pass by them round about, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. He said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. It's pretty safe. It's a safe place. Can this miracle happen? Lord, you know. This is where the spiritual people come in. Lord, you know. There's an answer here, and you have, you have that answer. Now, here it comes. He said, again, he said to me, prophesy upon these bones and say to them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. So the prophecy that is to come, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones. This is the prophecy. Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you. And you shall live. The prophetic word in this vision is I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. Now if you read the rest of this chapter as the narrative unfolds, you find that it's not until the wind blows. When the prophet of God prophesies to the wind, the wind blows that breath comes into these bodies. It is an interesting narrative to say the least. But what I'm going to preach to you tonight, and again, I do believe I've heard from the Lord for this church. I'm going to preach this word to you. Y'all got your seatbelts on? Are you ready tonight? Will you promise you're going to lock in with me and help me? It's Sunday night in an apostolic church. Anything can happen. Come on now. I'm going to preach to you tonight from this thought. We're not waiting on the wind. We're not waiting. I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Master, your word is perfect. There is nothing hidden from you, God. You have spoken in this house tonight already. I felt your angels moving up and down the aisles of this church. I'm believing you tonight, Lord, for a manifestation of the glory of God. I pray that before we leave this house tonight, it will be said that we have been with the Lord. I pray tonight, Lord, first and foremost, that you would be glorified. I pray that the church would be edified, and I pray that our enemy and adversary would be terrified as you begin to expose and reveal to us who we are as your children and your desires and your thoughts toward us as the body of Christ. We honor you tonight, and we ask that your holy word would go forth in the mighty name of Jesus, and let the church say amen. Let the whole church say amen. Praise the living God. Amen. This is a powerful story uh, that the Lord has carried the prophet into a vision. It is a trance vision that he is in a valley that's full of dry bones. It's easy to get excited about the word of the Lord as the word of the Lord came forth to prophesy. You have to understand the chaos that he was looking at. It was a valley full of bones that were very dry. It was chaotic. It was all separated. It was, it was uh, scattered in a million pieces, so to speak. And the prophecy came forth, I'm going to cause the wind to blow on you. I'm going to breathe life into you and you shall live. 
I feel like this is a place that our movement as a whole gets hung up on very often, and that is we begin to rejoice as the prophecies come forth. But somewhere between the prophetic and the fulfillment, we have lost sight that there's a lot of work to be done between the time the word goes forth and the time that we harvest what has been spoken. And I feel in my heart, and please don't think that I'm getting started on the wrong foot tonight, but I feel in Pentecost if we have a weak place in our alignment and our thought processes with God, it's that because the word goes forth that God owes it to us to do it. If God said it, we've preached it all my life. If God said it, he's going to do it. And I believe that that's true, but I also believe that there are some processes that we have to learn to come into alignment with. If I could preach to you for just a moment, I want to tell you that in this day we have prophets that will come in and speak things and men have unfairly been labeled as false prophets because what they spoke did not come to pass. And they're immediately labeled as a false prophet. Well, they said it and it didn't come to pass. Then we better take the whole book of Jonah out of the Bible because not one word that Jonah prophesied came to pass in Nineveh. God spared his life to go prophesy to a city and not one word that he spoke came to pass. It's because the prophetic is not always for a plan of A, B, C, and D. Sometimes the prophetic is the insight into the perfect will of God. And often, as it was in the case of Jonah, it is God giving an opportunity to a nation. I am prophesying to you that if this does not come into alignment, then this city will be destroyed. I've seen men of God come in and prophesy. And I know this is the only kind of prophecy we like now when they come in and prophesy financial blessing and favor. Bunch of you just got chills on your spine when I said that, didn't you? Woo, here it comes. Oh, great God, I'm going I'm to get wealthy. I'm, I'm going to get rich, and the will of God is for all of us to, to get rich, and that's kind of the TBN way, you know? I know y'all don't know what that is because you only listen to a radio. But listen to what I'm telling you. If by chance a man of God were to come to you and say, that God wants to bless you and he wants to, you know, I, I think it's kind of a given. God wants to bless you. Malachi 3 said, as a matter of fact, he'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you cannot even contain. I believe that if someone were to prophesy that to you, it would be true. But if that word comes forth and you decide that since the word has already come forth that you don't have to give your tithe and offering and you don't have to be faithful in your tithe and offering and the word happens to not come to pass, I'm telling you that man is not a false prophet. Am I making any sense yet? Because the word went forth and I was disobedient, God doesn't have to keep his end of the bargain. There are things that happen in words that go forth that when they do not happen, we kill the prophetic and we kill the supernatural because it did not come to pass. But the Spirit has been calling us to realign ourselves and reposition ourselves in the 21st century. I'm telling you what I believe tonight. God is repositioning the church one last time before His coming. 
I believe we're standing at the precipice of the coming of the Lord. I believe his return is imminent, but I don't believe he's finished yet. I don't believe that God is finished yet. I don't believe that your greatest revival has been experienced yet. I don't believe your greatest harvest has been seen yet. I do believe that his return is soon, but there is a realigning. There's a realigning. The prophetic word came forth and said, I'm going to breathe life into you. The wind is going to blow and you are going to live. But at this moment, this is a valley that is full of chaos. And this again, I feel, is where we're hung up. When the word goes forth in a church like this precious assembly of people, we sit back and cross our arms and say, God spoke it and it's going to come to pass. But I want to tell you that if the prophet of God would have lifted his voice in that moment, and began to command the wind to blow. Hear me when I say this. This is what I'm preaching to you tonight. I do not believe that God is going to let his wind blow across the chaos of that valley. The apostolic church is still trying to figure out who we are. I can't believe 2,000 years later we're still trying to figure out who we are. But you hear this preacher when I tell you tonight that Jesus Christ is not coming back for less of a church than what he left before the book of Acts. You hear me when I tell you, we've got to have the supernatural in the body of Christ. It is time for us to see a release of the glory of God like we have never seen in all our lives. It's time, it's time, it's time. Let me keep working, let me keep plowing for just a minute. But here's the issue, we get to the word and we rejoice. Hallelujah, thank you Jesus. We got a word, and I'm going to tell you what I felt tonight standing in this altar worshiping with you precious people that this church is very pregnant with promise. I feel as though, as a matter of fact, if I could just deal with this spirit kind of head on while I'm here, your pastor brought me in, and I don't want to hurt anything. I, I want to leave you better than I found you. But I feel like, as a matter of fact, that there have been so many prophetic words that have been given over this church and so many things that have been spoken into the womb of this church that now you've come to the place where you're wondering, and I feel this so strong right now. You're wondering if it's even going to come to pass. Now we've become desensitized to it because God has spoken it and spoken it and spoken it and we have not seen it. And now we're wondering, is it even going to happen? We don't need one more prophetic word, Brother St. Clair. We don't need one more prophet to come in here and tell us. And let me tell you why. I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching with you tonight. And I want to tell you that we've been asking God to let the wind blow on a valley that's not prepared for the wind. Ah, this may be my last time at CLC. It may be at least 15 more years. <laughs> Listen, our movement, our movement, and God, this is going to sound derogatory. I don't want to be, our movement as a whole is in chaos right now. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, I believe that our movement as a whole is in chaos right now. We're still trying to figure out as a movement how much we can do without but still be holy enough to be apostolic. 
We're trying to figure out what we can get rid of. How close can we be? How worldly can we be but still be churchy? And how churchy do I have to be to not be considered worldly? We love the prophetic words, greater works than these shall you do. We love that Jesus told his disciples, the work that I do shall you do, and greater works than these shall you do. But what we don't like is that we're going to have to bring ourselves into alignment with the mind of God. If we're going to see heaven come down, then we've got to get in alignment with what heaven's been thinking. So, watch this now. He said, prophesy to the bones and say, behold, verse 5, I will cause breath to enter into you. You shall live. Everybody shout, you shall live. You shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Notice, the prophetic word was, I'm going to put breath in you. But then he begins to unveil the process, and the breath is the last thing in the process. Oh, God. I, 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 I don't say this very often, but I, I, I really do feel like that there is transformational power in here tonight. I don't believe in, 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 in a God just coming in preaching one thing. And it's just shaking a whole church. I've been doing this long enough to understand that. But I feel like if about five or six or seven or ten could get a hold of what I'm getting ready to preach to you in this house tonight, there is nothing in this city, in the heavens above, the earth beneath, or any power from the pits of hell that could stop what God is trying to do in this city. <laughs> so, the process, the process begins. He said to me, prophesy of the wind, prophesy, son of man, say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come for winds, oh breathe, oh breathe upon the slain. So I want you to follow with me if you would. So there is a process that begins to happen. The Bible tells us that as he's standing in this valley and he's looking across the valley that all he sees is chaos and I'm, I'm afraid that that's where I've been. I, I feel like I've prophesied over things before. I've, I've tried to call wind forth that God wasn't ready to send, or maybe God was ready to send it, and I wasn't ready to receive it. And we, we see a picture. If you would walk through the valley with me with Ezekiel, we see this valley of bones, and it's, it's spread out everywhere, and there's nothing, there's nothing right. But all of a sudden, the Scripture said, he opened his mouth and he began to speak that there was a shaking. And I'm going to tell you what I believe we've just came through in the last 20 months. I believe we've come through the shaking. Come on, somebody. I believe we have come through a shaking. And what, 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 what happened with the shaking, Pastor? Well, well, I'll tell you exactly what happened as the earth began to shake. There was a shaking. Man, I, I want to break this down for you. The shaking did not happen in the heavens. The shaking happened in the earth as a response to heaven's idea for the army. There's been something that God has been trying to get, get the process moving in the church. And we've been fighting the process thinking that the problem is our government and that the problem is our local governments. And well, 
they, they, they've got all these issues, and they, they've got, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, the government's just finding out who they are, and we're just finding out what they've really been all these years. I'm just being honest. But the issue is now we spend all our time trying to expose our government and not enough time trying to expose ourselves. We spend a lot of time trying to expose the devil. We talk about his plans and his ploys. I don't want to sound weird to you tonight, but understand me when I tell you that the devil is absolutely not the number one adversary of the apostolic church right now. I'm telling you, folks, there's not a devil anywhere in here tonight. There's not a devil for a mile from this church. There are no devils in here tonight because the devil has enough sense to stay out of this atmosphere. Now, man, I, I probably should have led this up with an eight-week series for you to get to know me a little better. I'm going to tell you, I believe in spiritual warfare. If your pastor knows anything about me, he knows I believe in spiritual warfare. I mean, dear God, man, we, we've stayed up till 5 o'clock in the morning talking, but we, we've seen it. I've seen things that, that would make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. I've seen it even in this very city right here. We have engaged in warfare during camp meetings and different things that we have seen transpire. But understand, uh, when I tell you tonight, and I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but the devil is not the number one thing fighting the apostolic church right now. Carnality is the number one thing that's fighting the apostolic church. And we have come to the place as a movement that we are so weak in our own mind that we want to do it and we want to we, we, we want to let our flesh have control and then blame the devil for doing it. All right, I'm going to walk the dog for just a minute. I want to tell you folks, I could leave this place tonight, find a local liquor store in this town, go get myself a fifth, and it wouldn't take very much. I could hide it in the door of my car. By the time I get home, drop my wife and kids off, I could go out on a country road and drink myself drunk, and the cops come find me passed out, and I'd make the newspaper by tomorrow morning in Anderson. I guarantee it. Come on now. I could go somewhere and find me a prostitute, spend the money, ruin my marriage, wreck my family, lose my ministry, and somebody somewhere would say, man, that's terrible what the devil did to Luke's family. But the devil didn't make me drink it, and the devil didn't make me cheat on my wife. We have been blaming the devil for wrecking our families and wrecking our homes and wrecking our churches and wrecking our districts, and it is not a devil problem. I keep, I, I keep looking back there because I don't know what time I started. I, I, I don't have a clue what time I started. So j j just stay with me. Listen, I could tie on a good drunk tonight and the devil have nothing to do with it. But it'd give me a good excuse and somebody to blame. Now while we're talking about engaging in spiritual warfare, everybody doing all right? You don't think I'm being hard and negative, do you? While, while we're talking about engaging in spiritual warfare, we're coming to the house of God and trying to cast out what we embrace all week long. We'll stand in the altar and pray prayers of deliverance. And we'll cast out spirits of adultery while we've entertained it all week long. 
We're just giving an old head nod and a wink to everything Hollywood wants to throw at us. We just give it the old head nod and say it's all right as long as the kids are asleep and nobody knows. Can I just preach to you like I'm at home tonight? I think it's an absolute shame when we would send our kids to bed so that we can listen to things that we'd whoop their hide for saying. And we entertain those spirits and we entertain those thoughts and we entertain those websites. Come on, somebody. And then we come to the house of God and try to get bold and cast it off of people. But you cannot cast off what you embrace and you cannot cast... We are asking the wind to blow on chaos. And God is not going to bless chaos. There's not going to be authority in chaos. The shaking begins to happen. And the Bible said that his bone came to his bone. Why did he say that? Because there was order involved. It wasn't just one leg bone that happened to come to that pelvis and one arm bone that came to that shoulder over there. In that vision and that dream, there was absolute order. It was this leg that belonged to that man, and that leg came to that man, and that arm came to his shoulder, and his shoulder lined up with his backbone. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that God is doing things with purpose in alignment in this end time. That God is aligning things up. If you think for one moment that we're going to have some kind of accidental apostolic revival in the 21st century, you have missed it. The only way we're going to have what we've been promised to have is when we get intentional about God's purpose and God's order and what he's been saying and what he's been thinking about us. All doing all right? Well, the order brings it together. There's a shaking, then order comes. I feel like God's trying to restore order, apostolic order. I do. I feel like God is trying to, he's trying to bring restoration to apostolic order in the apostolic church. And I don't, man, I don't want to say this and people think I'm a meanie. And I don't believe apostolic order is just because you put something in front of your name on your Facebook account. I'm apostle so-and-so. No, you're probably not. If you've got to tell everybody, you're probably not. Why, why don't the book of 1 and 2 Samuel say the book of Prophet Samuel? Come on now. I mean, why didn't they throw it in there? I'm major prophet. I'm minor prophet. You know why? Because the whole world knew that they were prophets. There was no question that they had been with God. There was no question that the apostles were apostles. Why? Because they did apostolic things in apostolic order. God's restoring it. And it's going to cross what, we, what we've dreamed. It's going to cross what we've ever thought it would look like. It's going to cross organizational lines. It's going to bypass people that think they got it all together and going to go to people that are hungry enough and have it together. And so what, what, what begins to transpire it starts coming together. And now we got it locked together. The structure is there. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. The structure is there, but there is no strength to it. And so the next thing that happens is muscle begins to lay on top of the structure. 
and God began to strengthen the structure. We've been talking about, well, when we get the structure right, we're going to have revival. I'm telling you, folks, listen, I believe it's all important, but God is going to do things in our churches that we never dreamed, whether we've got the right staff or we don't have the right staff, because our order and His order look like two completely different things. And he begins to strengthen the structure that he's put together. And then the scripture said that after the muscle came upon the structure that had been put together by the hand of God in the shaking. I wish we could see that shaking has done nothing but bring order to the chaos. And God is putting that back together. And now we're becoming stronger than we've ever been. But here's the issue. We've got structure and we've got strength, but we still can't hold the wind. Said, so now I'm going to bring skin and I'm going to cover it up. I'm going to put skin on top of that strength and on top of that structure. And I'm going to put something. Listen, why don't he just have him stand up right now? Why don't, why don't God just do a miracle and have him stand up right now? Because they're exposed. Well, why don't he just stand them up and let the wind blow? Because the wind will blow in and blow out. premature birth it's premature revival we've been asking God to blow on things that structurally we just can't contain so he puts the skin on it and then the wind begins to blow there is something to be said and I'll come back to this in a few moments but there is something to be said about alignment that people do not understand can I preach to you for a few minutes tonight The word of the Lord said that Mary was minding her own business and moving on with her life. And it finally found a man to betroth herself to when an angel from heaven came and interrupted her plans and said to her that God is about to do something in you that nobody in the earth is going to understand. It sounds good at that moment that God wants to do something in you. I know we like to pray the prayers, God use me, God use me, Lord use me in your kingdom, use me to do something for you God. And so here comes the angel and the angel looks at her and says, guess what Mary, God's about to use you. What's that mean? It means that that which is conceived in you is of the Holy Ghost. She said, how can that be, seeing that I know not a man? He said, that that's conceived in you, it's a spirit work. It's a God work. It's something that no man can glory in. And watch what she does. Watch what happens right here. Mary's not ready for this. She's a virgin. There is no alignment in her life for her to be able to contain a baby. She's not ready to conceive a baby. But when the angel said, God is about to do a spirit work in you, she takes a step to the side in alignment and said, well, then nevertheless, Whatever your word has said, I'll get in alignment with the word. And what, 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 what does that mean, Mary? That means for the next nine months, and forgive me if I sound crude, but for the next nine months, people are going to label you a whore. They're going to label you a fornicator. They're going to label you an adulterer. They're not going to understand what God's been doing in you. They're going to look at you and call you foolish. You hear me tonight, CLC? God is looking at this church, and there is a spirit work that's been going on that people do not understand. They don't understand what God's been doing in the womb of this church. 
Oh, I feel my help here right now. I'm speaking to some voices right now that have been speaking about this church and saying that it's never going to happen. There's no way that could ever happen like that. But what they don't know is they can throw any word at you they want, but they can't hurt what God has conceived in the womb of this church. You You cannot have a pregnant womb and walk the way you used to walk when you're expecting people are going to notice. I feel something about to break in here tonight. I feel a shaking in the Holy Ghost in here right now. Uh, Matter of fact, let's just lift our hands to the Lord. I'm not in any hurry tonight. I'm going to try to get you done. People don't understand the process, Mary. You're walking around with something that's not your fault, but you've been hand-selected by God. You hear me tonight, church? I said, you've been hand-selected. You've been hand-selected by God. What you're expecting is not what just came from a vision from your pastor. What you are expecting is a work of the Holy Ghost. And it really does not matter. Hear me when I say this tonight. I'm speaking to you in the Holy Ghost. You let the pastors by say whatever they want to say. But they cannot abort the fetus that's in the womb of this church. I feel a prophecy on me right now. I said, let them say what they want to say, but they can't kill what's in the womb. Go ahead and talk about me. Call me whatever you want, but that which is conceived in me is of the Holy Ghost. I feel my help up in here. Hiko Shabaha. I feel a sword in this house tonight, and it's not a sword against this church. You understand that. I feel a mighty sword in this house tonight. I feel reinforcements from heaven that have come to reassure this church tonight. Everything God has said, it will come to pass. But there's got to, there has to be an alignment. And the alignment says, even if I don't want to carry it, I'm coming in alignment with your, I don't want to carry it. I don't want people looking at me, making fun of me, but I'll carry it. You know what the next nine months hold for you, Mary? They're going to talk about you like trash. They're going to call you everything but a clean woman, Mary. They're going to call you anything and everything they want to. And they have every right to call you whatever they want to. Listen, they have every right. This is going to shock you tonight. They have every right to say whatever they want to say because you allowed yourself to come in alignment with the will of God. What are you saying, Brother St. Clair? I'm saying that their thoughts about you become irrelevant when you're in alignment with his thoughts. Can, 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 I, can I preach to some desperate people in here tonight? I feel like I've tapped into the Holy Ghost. I'm going to preach to some desperate people in here. Hey. 
My God, I feel a strong angel on this platform with me right now. He keeps brushing up against me, taking my breath. I, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the angels of the Lord moving and working in here right now. But the Lord sent me here tonight to help somebody that's desperate. I don't have time to preach the whole story to you, but there's a principle I want to get. We understand that Peter owed a lot of taxes. He was in trouble. Him and his brother, they were in big, big trouble. And so they had to go fishing all night long. And they're fishing all night long. They come up to the, to the bank. And when they get up to the bank, there's a man standing there. And the man looks at them. Peter doesn't know who he is, really. And, and, and he's heard about him. But, but this man says something. He's got to borrow your boat. Okay. Yeah, sure, whatever. You can borrow my boat. He says, um, hey. If you don't mind, push back off there into the deep and cast your net down again. And here comes the response. Do you folks trust me and love me? Can I just preach to you right here? I, I, I want to preach to somebody that's exhausted. I want to preach to somebody that's weary. Mm, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Don't park the boat yet. Don't park it. Don't get too content, CLC, with the shallows. Because there's a word that's coming to you tonight that's saying, push off one more time. Well, but Master, uh, we have toiled all night. My God, I'm bumping up against something weary in here right now. I'm speaking to somebody that's weary in here tonight that's saying, Brother St. Clair, we've tried everything we know. We've tried every way that we know. We've tried everything that we know. Hey, let me, let me just help you just a little. Let me, y'all just stay right there. Let me just, let me just push you out a little deeper. Just, just a little bit deeper. Go, go a little deeper one more time. But we've done it all night long. We, we, we've tried. We've been here for years. We got the building done. We thought the building was the answer. Now we got the building and we're not. What, Pastor, what are we going to do? And I hear the Holy Ghost saying, just, just go a little deeper one more time. Go a little deeper one more time and cast your net. And I love what Peter said. Watch it. I've been doing this all night. I'm frustrated. I haven't caught a thing. He said, go deeper and cash your net. He said, all right, nevertheless. He steps into alignment, but it was not enough. Oh, God, I feel him here right now. It was not enough to say, I agree with the word. He had to take that oar and push back out into the deep. It's not enough to agree with the word. We've got to push back off. I'm not just going to agree with the word. I'm going deeper again. I'm pushing again. I'm praying again. I'll fast again. I've got to go deeper. Let me preach this to you. The only two things that changed in this entire narrative with Peter, only two things, same men, same boat, same nets, only thing that changed, listen to me, was timing and alignment. Can I release a word over you tonight? Timing and alignment. Now? While I'm tired, while I'm weary, 
The catch won't mean the same to you after you slept all day. He wants to come in here to somebody that's so weary. I'm telling you, I see it in the Holy Ghost tonight. It's all I can literally hear. I don't know how to explain this to you. I can hear it in here tonight. Somebody say, God, I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to say. I don't know how else to preach it. I don't know how else to convey it. I don't know what else to say. Well, I'm going to tell you, there's two things that are about to change. One thing is the timing, and that's God's part. But the second thing is alignment, and that's our part. (laughs) A little deeper. Cast off the right side. And the Bible said that when his nets went in the water, because of his alignment with the word of God, that all of the fish in that that lake, they turned in the direction. God have mercy. I want to paint this picture. Listen to what I'm saying to you. They didn't go out into the middle of the lake and start chasing harvest down. Timing and alignment turned the harvest in the direction of the net that was prepared. There is, there is an alignment. I don't know how many of you have, are a fan. How many of you are a fan of a chiropractor? But I go every two weeks. And when I go, sometimes I'm out of alignment. Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I hold pretty good. But when I go and I'm out of alignment, I can tell. And when you hear the popping and the cracking, there's some things going back into alignment. And I want to tell you, man, if I've ever known I'm in the Holy Ghost, I'm in it right now. There's been some popping and cracking going on at CLC for a while. And it's felt off. Hey, God, I feel him here. Woo, man, I keep feeling that angel. There's been some popping and cracking going on because there was just a little bit of a misalignment. Please don't, don't read any deeper into this and what I'm trying to say to you, but it's just some inherited misalignment, just some things that have happened over time. It wasn't an intentional move. It was just a little bit of a misalignment. And there's been some popping and cracking going on that some of us have despised because I don't like that. I don't like the sound of it. I don't like the feel of it. It makes me feel uncomfortable. But understand me when I say to you that once the alignment process is finished, when you stand up, you're going to know you're standing different than you were when you laid down. You do understand the spirit world recognizes alignment. They do. Jesus and his disciples pull that boat up on the shore and they step off. And the spirit world speaks out of a man and says, watch, watch, listen. I'm confirming the word. This demon speak out of this man and say, uh, what are you doing here? Watch. Did you come to torment us before our, what? The spirit world understands alignment. Did you come to torment us before? Even the spirit world understands timing. Said, well, if you're going to get rid of us, I, I, don't, I don't get this, man. I, I wish I could convey this. They understand timing and they understand alignment. They said, if you're going to get rid of us, at least just send us into the pigs. And Jesus goes, go. That's it. 
when he said go, the timing was right, and they got into alignment with the word, went into them swine, and the swine went into the water. Oh, man. I'm fixing to dig right here. I'm going to dig. Mm. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Y'all doing okay? You ready to go to bed? I'm hurrying. Moses is running for his life because now even the Hebrews have seen him murder a man. He said, I better get out of here. They know a thing or two. He runs off out into the desert. He's on the backside of the desert. Meets a man. Said the guy's got some pretty hot daughters. Thought he might hang around there a little while. But he goes for a walk up in the mountains. Oh, God. Every time I move back and forth, you wonder why I keep walking. I just feel it up here. I'm telling you, I feel it. And so he goes for a walk. And if you understand the geographical location, God is taking Moses now to a a place called Sinai where he'll visit again later with the children of God. But God had to take him there first because you can never take people to a place you haven't been yourself. Mm. But when he gets there, The Bible said that all of a sudden that there was a bush that was burning and it was not consumed. And he heard a voice that came out of the bush. And when he heard the voice come out of the bush, the scripture says in your Bible, in the King James Bible, it said that Moses turned aside. This is the first sign that we want to hear from God. When we stop moving and turn in the direction of the voice, it's the same thing that was written over and over. He that hath an ear. Mm. Moses stopped and he turned aside and he walks in the direction of the voice that's speaking out of a bush that's not consumed. Now, I don't know about you folks. I like being in the wilderness. I like hunting. I I love being in Colorado. I I love majestic mountains. But you just hear me right now. If I walk up on a bush that's burning, not consumed, and the bush starts talking to me, I'm going to the truck. They can have their elk tag. I don't want one that bad. But Moses, he turns in the direction of the voice and he sees a sign. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Y'all got your seatbelts on because it's coming right here. Are you ready? I'm setting you up on the tee. Here it comes. And the voice of the Lord speaks to him and says to him, Take off your shoes because the place where you are standing is holy ground. Now, y'all, I got to slow this down because I need to help somebody. Who do you think that is, Brother Lytle? You're a, you're, 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 a, you're a builder. How thick do you think the sole of that shoe is right there? Eight? An eighth? Y'all got your belts on? You ready? At best, the only thing separating him from alignment is not, Pastor, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, if that's what you want for your family, that's fine. 
Let me break this down Gerber style. Y'all know what that means. I say it at home all the time. I take it. I'm going to break this down where the youngest among us can digest this. This cannot matter so much to you that you miss a divine moment of destiny. They're my shoes, and if I want to leave them on, I'll leave them on, but you'll miss the moment. How far out of alignment are you, Moses? Get your shoes off, son. Listen, the only thing separating him from the holiness of that moment. How, how off do I have to be? We start asking questions like this. Don't ever do this to your shoes, guys. We start asking questions like this. So you're saying then, Elder, if I do that, I'm going to go to hell. No. You've already missed the spirit of the moment. Because you can do things that aren't going to send you to hell, but they may keep you from that moment. Not everything in your life has to be about making heaven and missing hell. Some things in your life have to do with, if I don't separate myself to this right now, I'm going to miss my moment. Take your shoes off, boy. You're on holy ground. I want to talk to you. I want to minister to you. And I want you to feel my holiness. But you've got to get an alignment. How about this? Can I keep my shoes on and you speak to me anyway? See, I, I don't have time to preach this. Lord, why does it matter? Because it's just a little too much. Listen, while we're still trying to figure out what we can get by with and still be apostolic, there is a voice that's speaking to us saying, would you quit looking at heaven would you stop looking at going to heaven and start talking to me about bringing heaven? Woke up in the middle of the night. You can be seated. I'm, I'm almost finished. I woke up in the middle of the night, and the Lord spoke this to me several years ago. I, I wrote it down. I woke up in the middle of the night and wrote it down. Listen, I'm going to say it very slowly. The Holy Ghost spoke to me, and this is what he said. He said, when my people finally long for heaven to come to earth as much as they've longed to go to heaven they'll finally go to heaven let me say it one more time when my people finally long for heaven to come to earth as much as they've longed to go to heaven then they'll go to heaven finally listen you watch us get our back against the wall. I've never seen people pray for the rapture like they did last year. Never. I know, I know. I'm probably fixing to ruin my whole message. But I want you to consider the facts. That the American church actually had to face some things. And the first thing we do is say, come on, Lord. We don't want heaven nearly as bad as we want the ministry of extraction. We want God to extract us from the trouble. But the Holy Ghost is saying, take your shoes off.
can stand right here. Because in the middle, in the middle of what, what some are calling a pandemic, I'm about to show you the greatest revival that the world has ever seen. We're not waiting. I, had to, I have to slow this down. I hadn't lost my momentum. I'm slowing it down on purpose. I can't spit this to the fifth row and y'all get what I'm saying tonight. We are not waiting on the wind. The wind is waiting on us. I pray that in the last three to four or five minutes, some of you have began to feel what I'm feeling standing up here right now because there is a stirring in the atmosphere in this room. This is not just an ordinary Sunday night where we're going to go grab a bite to eat, go home, go to bed, and tomorrow's going to be normal. Listen, there's about to be a divine interruption in some of your worlds. Is this okay, Pastor? I'm praying in the name of Jesus that some of you are going to see your reckless faith restored that you have laid down because it costs so much. I feel, I feel drunk halfway up my legs right now. There's some people in here that's going to get back in contact with the God that used to wake you up in the night. And you wouldn't just roll over and say, I got to work tomorrow. But you'd roll out of that bed. You'd go find you a closet somewhere. Oh, God, I feel you in here right now. God's about to take us. And, and, and please know my heart right now. But we become better singers than we've ever been. Our music's better than it's ever been. This church is unbelievably blessed. But God's about to take us beyond the ordinary right now. God's, listen, I'm going to tell you, I'm prophesying to you. God's about to take us back to the place that it's not just about how good the music sounds, but we're carrying people out of here that are still talking in tongues at midnight, and we don't care that our kids have school tomorrow. God's about to bring us back to a place where our kids are falling asleep on the pew because prayer meetings last till 12 at 1 o'clock in the morning after Sunday night church is over and they're ready to lock up the doors. Oh, God, I feel him here. Holy Ghost has been wanting to breathe on us. But we've been saying, Lord, would you just breathe? Would you just blow, Lord? And we're prophesying to the north, the south, the east, and the west, just blow. And the Holy Ghost has been saying, but even if I breathe on you right now, you can't contain what I'm doing in you. These altars are wide open tonight. I'm through preaching. I've preached forever. But I'm telling you, God's bringing us back to organic moves of God. That we don't have to be cheerleaders and, 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 and begging and pleading with people. There is an alignment that's coming. The popping and the cracking that's been taking, uh, taking place at CLC for the last several years, it's just an alignment, and God's bringing it in. So now let me just tell you that right now we are closer to the wind than we've ever been. 
We are closer to the wind than we've ever been in this church. But there's just a little bit of alignment that's left. How many of you tonight would be willing to say, Lord, if it's me tonight, work on me right now. I feel it trying to break in here. Listen, God's trying to do something in this church that's going to make people sorry for every service they miss. God's about to do things in here that's going to make people start talking and say, man, did you hear what happened on Sunday night? They're going to say, I hate, I miss Sunday night. I'll never watch another one online again. If God will give me the strength, I'll be in the house of the Lord. Listen, God wants to blow in this house. He wants to blow in this church. He wants to restore some things in this church. And I'm saying tonight, I see it as clearly as I've ever seen it, that when the wind wind starts blowing, this church is going to stand up on your feet as an exceeding great heart. Army, and there is nothing the enemy can do to reverse that. While you've been sitting here tonight, the Holy Ghost has been taking some of you back to prayer meetings and promises that you made to God years ago. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost. God's been speaking to some of you. He's taking you back to promises you made several years ago saying, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Well, he's come back to call it on you again. God, I'm taking my Timex off. I'm taking my Rolex off. And I'm going to let you move. I'm going to put my iPhone away. I'm going to put my cell phone away. And I'm going to get shut in with God in a secret place. And I'm going to get myself in alignment before I beg the wind to blow. Thank you, man. Come on, let him birth it in you right now. You don't have to understand everything about God tonight to get in alignment. You may be young in God, but you want to be used so bad. You want to see revival so bad. Just move towards Him tonight and say, Lord, whatever you want me to do, lead me. I don't have to see a line, chapter, and verse. God, if you're calling me to a place of separation with you, I don't have to have a scripture that says, take off my shoes. If your voice says it, I'm going to take my shoes off and stand on holy ground. Uh, he's here tonight. Let's just stay right here in this moment. Don't worry about the musicians or anything right now. Let's just stay in this moment. If you're brave enough to ask the Lord to do it tonight, would you just step out by faith and say, Lord, if you've got to wreck my world and turn me upside down, Show me your glory. Uh. 
intercessors. God, awaken intercession again. God, awaken the intercessors again. Awaken the intercessors. Oh, God. Come on, the enemy's had you uninvolved for long enough. He's had you disconnected long enough. It's time to get that joint back together. It's time to connect that leg bone back to the hip bone. It's time to get the hip bone connected to the backbone. There is an alignment coming from some things that have been scattered. Let God bring it back together. Let God plug you back into the body tonight. Shana Nabasa.